your friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Take the running backs to the stands, run up in the stands and slap their mama. Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, give Pitches it, to... it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got 40, it. He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. The doctor is now in. And a very good Wednesday to you, middle of the work week. And you know what that means. We are here at Super Bowl 58 inside the Mandalay Bay. It is Radio Row, and we are here today. Yours truly, T.C. Martin, and my tag team partners today, the quarterback joins us, the one and only Jay Schrader, and our handicapper extraordinaire, Marco D'Angelo, making the trip down. Here we are, Super Bowl 58. Let the hype begin. How are we doing, QB? We are doing well. This is... This entire room is just <laughs> mind-boggling to me. I mean, everywhere we turn, there are what? Every 10 feet, there's a booth? I mean, this is crazy. It is crazy. I, I'm feeling that you would rather have the cozy confines of, of, of the Westgate or maybe home. How's that? The Westgate would be nice, yeah. but, but home is, <laughs> is looking pretty good right now. Hey, everyone loves the ambience here. And like I said, we've got uh, radio stations uh, around the country, around the world. World, yeah. Here, and uh, very uh, thankful, grateful to be part of it here, broadcasting live the T.C. Martin Show. Uh, prior to Super Bowl 58. So we have a uh, great guest list uh, on tap here for you today. And uh, join us uh, a little bit later on in this hour. We will be visiting with uh, Kevin Blackestone. You know Kevin from his uh, ESPN Around the Horn uh, success and uh, a great author out of Washington, D.C., award-winning journalist. He will be joining us this hour. A good friend and fellow teammate of the quarterback, Jay Schrader, Steve Berline. I believe this will be the first time we've had both of our quarterbacks on at the same time. So uh, this ought to be no, classic. We, we've done it once before. We have we've, once before. Yeah, we've, I think we've gone back and forth once before. Yeah, back yeah. and forth. How's this going to turn out, by the way? Wait, well, I, probably pretty good for me and Steve. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, but, well, or, I don't, or Marco. Or well, Marco. Well, I feel for Marco. Oh, yeah, but you're going to be on the spot, too, because yeah. you always say we have quarterback – QB1 and QB2, but you never say who QB1 and who QB... How are you going to introduce QB1 or QB2? How are you going to handle that today? Well, you He's know... Switzerland. Uh, yeah. Switzerland. He's right in the middle. <laughs> well, you know, we run a two-quarterback system here. Right? Uh, yeah. You know, we've got our speedster over here, Jay Schrader, and then, uh-huh. uh, you know, for uh, passing downs on 13 and 18, we're going to go to Burline. How's so, that? So... I should, I should have the use... quicker feet. Maybe I'll just save that for the bottom of the hour. And ask. Nowadays, neither one of us. We got so much metal in us. I was going to say, isn't the saying is move. if you have if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
I think, well, I know, I think Steve's up past 15 surgeries. Yes. So, wow. I mean, we're pushing. We're and here's pushing the thing. 30 Both of these guys, going back last year, had surgeries, I think, like weeks apart. Part, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. You know, Berline says, okay, well, I'm going into surgery. And Jay's going, well, you know, I'm going into surgery. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. You're going to leave me without a quarterback? Oh, it is the offseason. So. It is the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> hey, once January comes around, we got to start planning surgeries, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can get your golf game ready That's for the it. summer. <laughs> See? That's it. I know how it rolls. All right. Uh, a little bit later on uh, in the show, we are going to be joined by Rashad Jennings, uh, the former Raider, former New York Giant. Uh, he will stop by to say hello. And uh, also Stitch Duran, the uh, world-famous uh, cutman trainer, um, star. I like to say star. You know, he's in the Rocky movies, the Creed movies. Uh, Stitch, great friend. And, again, in Tyson Fury's uh, corner when he won the, the championship. Uh, so uh, Stitch is going to stop by uh, today as well, too. And uh, you never know who else. That's good news because yeah. now we don't have to let up on him. That's right. He's got a cut man. Got a cut man. <laughs> Cut man, got a cut man coming. We're good. A couple of jabs. Wow, wow. Maybe a left hook or two. We're good. I love you guys too. You know, (laughs) I I invite these guys. Come on down. Let's 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 get them the passes to get in here. And uh, I'm just uh, really not feeling the love or the appreciation. Does it have anything to do with having to like you know go through the maze at Disneyland to roll through here and and get your passes? You know, I've been to Mandolin Bay here numerous times. I don't think I've walked 12 miles inside until today. A lot easier for Aces game, isn't it? Yes. 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 You know, this back and forth. And as Marco and I were talking before the show, we got our credentials, walked a mile and a half to get back to the original point where we just it was a complete circle. It was a complete complete circle. circle. And that that wasn't your fault. It it was just the direction of follow the yellow line. Follow the arrows and stand behind the yellow line. Yeah. I mean, I was like, all of a sudden you come out and they're like, yeah, it's right there. We're like, we were just right there. You got to admit, though, I mean, I, I gave you guys detailed instructions. You did. And, and they were pretty good, weren't they? Yeah. 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 Did your wife write those? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you appearing this week anywhere nightly? Are you? <laughs> Two drink minimum? It's, yeah. That's right. <laughs> all right. All right. So a uh, great guest uh, all list uh, all on over tap town today. This week. Very, I appreciate it. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk Super Bowl 58. You know, last week you had all that. You know, the nonsense, you know, the two weeks. And now we, we get into it, okay? So uh, the big topic uh, of, of the store, of the week here, Jay, is these practice fields, or practice field, I should say, over at UNLV for the 49ers. Now, again, we explained it yesterday. The Chiefs are the designated home team. has nothing to do with them having the best record. It alternates every other yeah. year. So yeah. for those scoring at home, all right, you go to the odd number years. The NFC is the is the host team. The even number of years is the AFC is the host team. So the Chiefs the host. Therefore, they get to practice and work out at the Raiders facility. And then they find a secondary facility, usually a college facility. And uh, so that puts the Niners over at the Fertitta Football Complex at UNLV. And uh, apparently the grass uh, is not... uh, you know, up to the standards with the Niners like now. Well, my understanding is they put the grass over the turf. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Now, now this, we went through this yesterday. I want to go through it again. So 
this is uh, they have like basically a G rating, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know how if you like your G spot more on the hard side or the lower side or the mid range side, but the 49ers like theirs on the on the medium side. Okay. So 100 is I guess firm hard. Yeah. All right. 50 is pretty soft. soft. Niners like 70. All right. And the NFL says nope. These fields are playable. They are a hundred or slightly below. Uh, they went through some calculations and they came up at fifty. Yeah. So a little bit soft. A little bit so soft. the question for you is, my friend, who's been in Super Bowls, um, played in these neutral site games, how much of a factor is the practice facility when you're there for four or five days working out and? Is this a story? Is it a factor or not? It it should not be a story because all of the major work should have been done last week. Okay, and it was approved everything by the NFL. Yeah, but the Niners got here and say, wait, wait, wait. This is. But what I'm saying, as far as all the installation, everything that they wanted to put in, this week is just kind of fine tuning that. So I don't anticipate the fields being a big issue. I mean, we were at UC San Diego when I was in San Diego. Okay, we were up on top of the hill and everything else. And, you know, we used turf field half the time and then grass the other half and played at Jack Murphy that was grass. Uh, these guys go back and forth all the time. Uh, I think it's a made-up media story, something to talk about more than yeah. it really is going to affect anything. You hear most people, if they say anything about it, they would say the timing's different. If yeah. the surfaces are different, you played. Is there is there any truth to that part of it at all? Uh, a, a little bit. I mean, you get you get the thick stuff and you get the thinner stuff. Um, you know, back in the day when we played at the old Tampa Stadium, okay, there was a crown on that field like you wouldn't imagine. I mean, it was it was when you stood in the center of the field, it was almost twelve inches to the sideline. So as a quarterback. I mean, you got to throw the ball down, right? I mean, you're throwing the ball downhill. That's really not a factor anymore in any of these fields. It's the thickness of the grass, and, you know. And basically what they're going to do is they're going to get to the field at Allegiant. They'll go out and start warming up, and everybody's going to have to decide, how slick is the field, what kind of cleats do I want to have? If everybody's smart, and Jay Bernetti, who used to be with the Redskins, now with 49ers as equipment guy, they should all have four or five pair of cleats and, you know, make that determination and be good to go. Yeah. And they started working on that field of Legion the moment yeah. that the Raiders were yeah, done the, with their the last only, regular season the game. The only problem is it would spend a number of years. I don't remember, Mitra, remember yeah. when the sod was coming up? Yeah. That's a problem. Right. Okay, right. because then it gives way and then, you know, all that. As long as the sod doesn't give up, whether it's thick or not, they'll adjust it pretty easily. All right. Super Bowl experience. How different is this today compared to when you played? And even after you you retired, because I know you've been through these type of things before, made appearances and all that stuff. Just talk a little bit about that. And of course, you know, here in Las Vegas, we're going things are going to be heightened. Of course, well, and it is Radio Row. <laughs> I don't know if this existed in '86, '87, yeah. right? I mean, I don't know if it did. There was probably just the major markets. That's all, yeah. right? There were certainly not podcasts, <laughs> right? I mean, this thing is, it's its so much bigger nowadays. Everybody's got a piece, you know, uh, on everything. Media, because everything, look at, the, and I, I look at it this way, TC. Mm. Technology is advanced. 
to where everybody can be instantly. Right. You know, nobody's picking up a paper anymore, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because all they got to do is flip on a channel and they can hear hear it right now, right? You know, they don't have to wait until tomorrow morning to read a paper. So technology, I think, is pushed to this direction. And But this is amazing to see all these people, mm-hmm. you know, and all the hype for the Super Bowl is just crazy. How about the media day? Because it seems like now the media day is, I don't want to say it's got scaled down a little bit, but, you know, it was at its zenith and its height and the craziness with yeah. the questions. And, you know, of course, you always had some great sound bites, you know, from Marshawn Lynch and right. others, and then the goofy questions from, like, the late-night TV talk yeah. shows and all that stuff. It seemed like, you know, it's maybe curtailed a little bit. But just talk about that back when you played as far as media day. See, back when I played, I mean, media day, they had like a half hour. So there wasn't... You know, all the crazy questions, you know, what did you do as a third grader? Did you, you know, all that stuff? Because he didn't have time. You know, they, they said, hey, look, you know, it's coming up for 30 minutes, you know, and everybody was around you. You're not, you know, nowadays, you know, it's a full day. It's, it really is. I mean, these guys are out there half the day answering questions. And, and of course, you're going to get silly questions at that point. You remember the uh, silliest question you got? I don't remember the silliest question. I do remember after the game. Okay, after the game, I'm in the locker room. I'm stripped down to my T-shirt, still have my pants on. I have the Super Bowl trophy, and a guy goes, "Think you can win it next year?" I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, I haven't even gotten out of the locker room with this one, yeah. right? You know, I I haven't even had a chance to enjoy this one. Right. You want to talk about next year? Right? I was like, I'm going to go enjoy this one. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it it gets a little crazy, but that's what you know. Everybody wants the the scoop you know, for the next story. Right, right. All right. The quarterback, Jay Schrader, in the house. Marco D'Angelo, uh, yours truly, T.C. Martin here. Radio Row, Mandalay Bay, Super Bowl 58. Uh, the game. Have you decided on who you're going with yet? I really haven't. Uh, I will tell you this. I am very intrigued with Steve Spagnolia versus Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Because they're both really good at making adjustments at halftime. So the question is, in the third quarter, who's going to be able to adjust to the other? I'm really looking forward to that because they're both fantastic. Yeah. You know, when we get both of our quarterbacks on, I really want to talk about the quarterback matchups. Yeah. You know, with that. So we'll we'll dive into that. And then, of course, there's the handicapping aspect as well. And, Marco, this game virtually is a pick We know that Kansas City has all of this love. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got Andy Reid. We're in the middle of this dynasty here, right? And it's, and I don't know if we're in the di- in the middle of a dynasty or not because it's not like the Chiefs have have, have won it all the time, right. okay? But they are the defending champs, and they've been here for the last five years to the Super Bowl. I get that. Why is San Francisco the favorite? San Francisco's been the best team for the majority of the season. Kansas City's gotten hot at the right time. I mean, for most of the season, we were asking the question, what's wrong with the Kansas City offense? That was on a weekly basis. Um, This is not the same personality of a team that you've seen that have won those other Super Bowls. They relied on the offense. For most of this season, they relied on their defense, and Patrick Mahomes made enough plays with, you know, less than star names at the skill positions. He still has, you know, Travis Kelsey, obviously, and Pacheco. But after that, you know, they led the league and dropped passes. And you as a quarterback, there can't be anything more frustrating than getting the right play called, putting the ball 
on the money and have a guy drop a touchdown pass. Yeah, and you, not only were they drop passes, but I can recall there, over the season a couple of touchdowns yep. and some very critical third downs, right. you know, where you get the right play, the guy's open, you make the pass, and you're like, dude, just catch the ball, right? Just catch the ball, you know, because then we got a shot. And uh, yeah, they've, they've had some trouble. But, look, all I know is 49ers may be the favorite, but I don't know anybody that can bet against Andy Reid. Well, look at I mean, we, we, extra time look to prepare. What it, look what's right? happened. We we all were were betting against the Chiefs in Buffalo, and yeah. then in Baltimore, and getting burned again. I mean, right. we're the the ultimate team, the ultimate uh, consummate pros. People yeah. were worried about this team going on the road. Forget about it. Well, and so again, you would think with all that love, and when we were talking to our. You know, our sportsbook directors, our good friend Jay Cornegay at the Westgate, they're going like, you know, close to 70% of the tickets are on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Therefore, you know, you would think the Chiefs would be favored. That line would be coming down. We've actually saw it go the opposite way. We've seen the Niners a two and a half and even a three point favorite. Now it's coming back down to two, two and a half. I like the Niners, and the only thing it is causing me pause is I keep having flashbacks to a previous Super Bowl. And it, and I'll be honest, it was my biggest Super Bowl that I ever bet personally. And it was a good outcome, so I have a good memory of it, okay? <laughs> but I bet against the Miami Dolphins and Dan Marino when he got to the Super Bowl in his second year. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, seeing Brock Purdy and all of the stories and, you know, everything that surrounds him and the pressure, that's the one narrative that I keep going back to is the only thing that scares me, you know, about this game is, you know, is this going to be too big of a moment for him? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, based on what we've seen so far, I don't think there is too big a moment yeah. for Brock Purdy. He's handled everything pretty well, you know, to this point. So I expect him to play well. You know, bottom line is, look, we all want it to come down to the last couple of minutes, right? We want a good game, right? That's that's the bottom line. We want to see, you know, me personally, I know you don't like my score. I'd like to see it 38-35. You, you told me beforehand 2017 to say the under. But I'd rather, you know, I'd rather it come down to that. Somebody have the ball with two minutes left and see who can win it. All right. All right, Kevin Blackestone uh, joins us now, the award-winning journalist. Uh, of course, everyone knows Kevin from around the horn on ESPN, fantastic sports columnist uh, with the Washington Post. He joins us. Kevin, good seeing you, man. Good seeing you. Thanks for having me on. What's man, happening? Hey, a Washington, D.C. guy is always good as you sit across from the former quarterback, <laughs> Jay Schrader, back in the day. What's up, Kevin? <laughs> he was the man. <laughs> When he arrived, the city was excited. He was going to set the world on fire, and you did set the world on fire. Yeah, we, 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 Kevin, made, a good, we made a good turnaround. Absolutely. Why do you Absolutely. have to say that? Because he tells us that all the time. <laughs> and, and, and you're just, you know. Please. They still don't believe it, Kevin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? The cannon this guy had? Yeah. We know. Oh, that was so much fun. Uh, we know it. We know it. Also, uh, join us here is Taurus Banks as well, right? How yep. you doing, man? Glad, doing well. How are you doing? Glad you guys could, could join us here, okay? Um Tell us what's been happening, man. I know you've been busy. Yeah, I've been busy. Um, you know, usually I would be here for the game, yeah. um, but I'm not. I'm yeah. here for the work that Torrance yeah. and some if some of his students did uh, at the University of Maryland, the Philip Merrill right. College of Journalism. Um, their uh, data investigation 
um, into youth football in this com- country. Right. I, w- I want to talk about that. Yeah. It's a, a groundbreaking report that just came out this week, a uh, four-month uh, investigative journalism project that you guys were involved with about youth tackle football in communities of color specifically. And as we know, there are pros and cons when you know people are talking about should tackle football, you know, should kids be playing at the ages of five, six, seven, eight? Hey, I think all of us here played Pop Warner football, played <laughs> yep. earlier, right? You know, eight, yep. nine, ten years old, right? I don't know. I think we all turned out pretty good. Yeah. Right? But, uh, you know, yeah. uh, and then you know, we're sitting across from a, a Super Bowl quarterback here as well. But I know that people are on both sides of this situation on whether children should be playing because it could lead to injuries, uh, also damage to of developing their brains at such a young age. I'm curious to start with you, Kevin, your thoughts in – and what did you discover as you were doing your due diligence and putting this report together? Well, the students did it all. I just gave them some advice along the way um, and looked at the data that they were uncovering um, as it came out. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the umbrella to this is, and you kind of alluded to it, is we know that there's been a slight decline in youth football participation yeah. for whatever reasons. Right. Um, but what we didn't really realize was that there has been a slight increase in participation rates in black and brown households. And so I think about something that, that Bob Costas said um, at a symposium at the University of Maryland some years ago um, when the, the conversation around CTE became greater and greater, and he said that that's an existential threat to the game of football. Yeah. Um, but what Torrance and his classmates found kind of suggests that black parents and and brown parents and guardians of kids who are playing football will be the remedy to that because they are discounting the the, the risk and looking at the potential reward. Yeah. And and obviously, Torrance, your parents are are thinking, hey, this is good from a social aspect and that sort of thing, but there is that fraction of parents that are thinking, hey, you know, my kid can get a scholarship. Maybe the only way he could get to college, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at that next level of, of potentially, you know, being a professional. We know that that is minuscule in in the in the larger picture here. But how much of a factor was that when you know talking to these parents? Um, it was a factor to some extent. Um, so I went to the the Maryland Heat, um, one of their practices in Fort Washington. Um, so that was one of the things I said that that was a benefit that. You know that they could earn a, a scholarship or play professionally down the line, but they also made sure to emphasize that um, the coach there um, kind of stresses like academics mm-hmm. as well, um, and that also that um, he definitely like emphasizes like safety um, like, during practice. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so I mean, the data is there. I get it, but I'm a guy. You know, I grew up playing multiple sports. You you played sure. multiple sports, right? All that. I can tell you right now. I'm a guy that was 5'8 as a 10th grader, right? Wow. And then I was 6'4 as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So I completely changed, and it changed my world. I did not know at 8 what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to be a baseball guy, right? <laughs> I mean, that was my love. I think what we run into now, and Kevin, you alluded to it, so many of these parents across the board look at their kid and go, hey, he's pretty athletic as a kid. That's my golden ticket. Yep. Please, please don't do that. Please, it's no good for you, and it's no good for your child. Uh, it just isn't. They don't need that 
that pressure to try to live up to that. And I see it. I'm a high school coach, high school athletic director, and you're just like, stop, stop. Just let them be them, you know, right. and, and figure it out. And, you know, I think that's that's the word we got to get out, that there's so much money. Everybody sees the contracts these guys get, right? They're not getting them at eight years old. They're not getting them at 10, you know, and, hey, my little boy, he's got to, he's got to specialize at 10. We got to go see this coach and that coach and th- let them be 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let them, let them grow up and be athletes, you know, and that's, that's my take. So, you know, I think it comes down to, I don't know if it's so much the children anymore, mm-hmm. but it's the, the generation of parents that we have now that see which drives everything, which is the, the dollar. And, and Let, a, let's yeah. be honest. In a lot of those like to, to live vicariously through their kids. Right. right. We right. see right. that I mean, in all sports. We can, we can, we can kid around, but mm-hmm. everybody looks at it and everything's driven by the dollar. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's just, you know, with the, with the football thing, it's just, you know, we just know how violent the game is. Right. And, you know, it is, it is safer today than it was yesterday. Oh, no no question. question about no it. Question. And at the same time, it can be incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Um, and so, the, you know, the, 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 my takeaway from what Torrance and, and his classmates did is that, you know, we need to put up guardrails. Like somebody needs to put up guardrails on youth football. Yeah. And in some places that's happened. Um, and in some places like Lexington, Mississippi, where... Uh, which was one of the the cities that students went to, um, which is two thousand population of two thousand, seventy six percent black, yeah. median household income thirty nine thousand, poverty rate pretty high, and a coach who says basically this is this is your a ticket, ticket out yeah yeah right right mm-hmm. so we, we need to protect people in that situation I think yeah. And I, you know, Torrance, I, I agree with you. I'm in, I'm in the academic side of it. These kids need to go to class. They need to get their grades because they ain't getting into a college with a 1.2. No. I don't care how good an athlete they are, right? Right. Because uh, these coaches are getting paid way too much to have that on their record now. So, you know, hey, look, I, I tell parents all the time, you know, there's more scholarships for the band than there are for football. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so to that to that point then, but you've been involved in football all your life, and now you are uh, shepherding yep. kids playing it. What's your feeling about the data out there about how dangerous it is well, for I, young kids? And, 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 and would you put up a stop sign at a particular age i would i would say no younger than eight okay okay but i'm also i'm a big proponent in the same size i think where, okay. you, where the kids get in trouble is where you get the little tiny eight-year-old mm-hmm. and he's in the division the eight to ten and the ten-year-old outweighs him by 30 pounds that's a problem that's okay. a, that's a well. Problem. You go back to the Pop Warner days. Everything was it wasn't so much. It was age, but but it, the the was, weight was the big yeah. thing. Right. That's the way yeah. it, it, we started know, in our community. It, was right. Exactly. Sixty five pounders, seventy five yeah. pounders. It, and, right. Yeah. But right. we've all we've all seen the videos out there now where the big kid yeah. is running over the little kids yeah. and stuff like that. To me, that's where it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. If they're all within 
10, 15 pounds, go for it. We know that there's been a movement nowadays where they're saying what you're saying here. It's too dangerous. We don't want to to deal with, you know, trauma, brain injuries down the road. So we've seen more and more communities embrace flag football. How do you guys feel about the flag football? Does that as effective or does it teach the the fundamental skills of football still obviously you have the team aspect you got the camaraderie all of that kind of stuff but where where do you guys stand with with flag football over tackle football or replacing it well i i I go back and forth flag football can be great if the coach teaches the fundamentals Mm -hmm. the problem that we find in flag football is the coach lets the best athlete go out there and just run around and not teach them that's where I have an issue. I tell coaches, Pop Warner coaches all the time, do me a favor, coach your best athlete, because if you coach your best athlete, everybody else will fall in line. Because if they come to high school and haven't been coached, they're not going to be able to get coached in high school, and they certainly aren't going to be able to get coached in college. Right? So you got to coach your best athlete. And I think it comes down to the coaches at that position. Now, the only thing that like football doesn't get them used to is getting knocked on their butt and getting back right. up. Kevin, what is right. the, what and, is that, the, and that's a life lesson. What does the data show as far as injuries being prevented for, for communities that have elected to go flag football instead of tackle football? Do we know that? Uh, we really didn't didn't have that, I don't think, right, Torrance? No, we didn't. But um, just the other day, the Journal for the American Medical Association came out with a new study um, of adolescents who have played uh, uh, tackle football. And it showed that they, whatever percent, they can suffer and have suffered some degree of brain damage. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's, you know, that's a possibility. Um, and we know that youth football recognizes that because one of the things they're trying to do right now, and, and, and Jay would know this, is come up with helmets that are lighter in weight, and smaller in size, I believe. Right, right Torrance? Yeah. Um, so that kids are able to better control their head and neck. Without dropping. Rather than with, yeah, with, dropping right, head. exactly. So, you know, there's a recognition of that. But I'll, but I'll also say that, you know, the NFL recognizes um, injury, in, talking about flag football, yeah. because now for two years in a row, Right, the Pro Bowl has been has <laughs> like, been a flag football go, yeah. and, and why? Because <laughs> guys, nobody, wa- nobody wants to get hurt. Get, get hurt, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're making so much money, you know. And look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you because I'm around all sports. There there's a lot of concussions in soccer. Okay, oh, yeah. there's a lot of head injuries in soccer because I yeah. mean, you get you get to the high school and the club level in soccer, man. They're going after it, right? Yeah. I mean, they're competitive and. Uh, I think it's just the nature. Look, more people are competing in sports than ever before, which is fantastic, right. right? I mean, it's fantastic and all that. So with more people, you're going to have more injuries. The data is going to go up a little bit. There's no question. I mean, just because of sheer numbers. All right, Kevin Blackestone, award-winning journalist. And, of course, you're familiar with him around the horn, ESPN. Torrance Banks has joined us here. All right, man, we got to get a prediction on Sunday. What are you thinking, Kevin? I'm going with the upset. I like the. Uh, Is there like, really an upset? It's kind of like a pick'em, you know. But you know, right? Hey, if you're picking against 
Mahomes, that's an upset. <laughs> come on, Even, come on. We were just talking about the Niners are saying. the favorite here, too. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah it's well, they, yeah. That's and, what I said. You're and picking, I don't, yeah. Picking, picking, try to pick against Mahomes and Andy Reid. Right. I, and that's, how, how does that work yeah. out? Right, exactly. Right. I don't, so give us your, your, uh, your logic behind um, the upset here. Debo Samuels, yeah. Kittle, McCaffrey, Ayuk. You know what it's like when you have all those kinds of weapons to throw to. I, I just think I just think they're going to be more likely to put up more points. Mm. And you know, Kansas City has struggled this year to be as explosive an offense yeah. um, as we've come to know them in the past yeah. few years because of some talent that they've mm. been unable to replace. So I'm. This is an offensive game, and I think I think San Francisco has more offense available. Torrance, who are you going with? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers, too. I think it's time for, you know, Kyle Shanahan to finally get his Super Bowl. Yeah. Chasing it down in the, I'm the 28-3 yeah. in Atlanta. Torrance, you won't appreciate this, but Kevin will. <laughs> so when I was with the Raiders, uh-huh. Kyle Shanahan was a ball boy. Because <laughs> his, da- his dad was the coach. That's right. So Kyle was a ball boy. Wow. Look, at Torrance is over here like, man, he must be old. I yeah. am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So who you got? Who do I have? You know, I know Andy <laughs> Reid. I know guys on the, on the Chiefs. I know guys on the 49ers. I was telling these guys, I hope it's 38-35, and the team with 35 has got the ball with two minutes left. Because I want to see, I want to see one of those two quarterbacks and those offenses go. We're going to go win the game because that's what that's right. what the game is. Today. Right, right. So that's what I want. I want a high scoring affair with somebody at the end of the game going. We got two minutes. We got one timeout. Let's go see if we can win it. Well, that leans heavily in the favor of Mr. Mahomes. Yeah, no question. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have that. And like for me, I'm going. Jay and I have been Look, talking about going back and forth, and it's like. Are we going to Pur- take Purdy over? Because I love all the parts that you say. Right. You yeah. know, with the Niners. Yeah. I, right. lo- I love everybody else, but, but look, Purdy, if I'm, I'm down, if <laughs> I'm da- if I'm down three or six, <sighs> and I got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I like hey, my chances. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I, I'm going to say this. You know, no one likes to talk about the kickers. Okay, we know how my man feels about kickers Ooh. over there, right? <laughs> But the Fortnite's got a kicking problem, okay? Yeah. They yeah. got a they got a problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where, where's Robbie Good as gold? He's n- right. no longer there. You're right. And and when they drafted uh, Moody out, out of Michigan and uh, uh, I'm, he has missed so many kicks this year, yeah. it's mind boggling. And Bucker, yeah, so to me Yeah, this Bucker game, gives him the special it, the special team. It does. Edge. It does. And there you go. Kevin, okay. I appreciate the time as always, man. Hey, thanks for having us on. This is Good. this is great. Yeah, yeah, great. Thanks for stopping by. Great. Hey, man, thanks for go back when you when you see Tony and all those yeah. old DC guys that were writing. Oh on, my we're, goodness, we're writing on the paper. <laughs> yeah, tell them I don't have any hair anymore. I was gonna say that shock of blonde hair. Oh, <laughs> yeah, let it go right. Yeah, and the my blonde good, bomber. My good friend Charles Mann is still back in. Uh, oh yeah. In, in oh, that's DC. my. Oh, that's that's there my that's, that's my guy. That's my number seventy one. Absolutely. Yes. Pride of Sacramento, California. Make sure. You tell them that. I, I, will, I will do that. There you so, go. Thank you very Kevin, much. Thank you very Great. much, Torrance. Thank you for thank joining you so us. Much. And uh, again, the groundbreaking report, uh, the investigative journalism these guys have done, yeah. fantastic. Uh, definitely. You know, where, where can people go go read this? CNSMaryland.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be a video package uh, hopefully in the next few days on PBS NewsHour. All right. Nice. Great you. to very see you, proud of them. There thank you, you. Kevin Blackstone along with Torrance Banks. T.C. Martin, Jay Schrader, Marco D'Angelo back with us. Steve Berline will join us on the other side. We are live at Radio Row getting ready for Super Bowl 58 right here inside the Mandalay Bay. Now. 
Back to more of Las Vegas' favorite sports madman, the Dr. T.C. Martin. Getting ready for Super Bowl 58. It is finally approaching here in Las Vegas. We are broadcasting live from Radio Row inside the Mandalay Bay. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, Jay Schrader in the house. We want to thank Kevin Blackestone from ESPN, award-winning journalist out of Washington, D.C., who knew all about the quarterback Jay Schrader in those blonde golden locks back in the day. See, I, lo- I love it when you have people that knew you back in the day like that. That's great. Yeah, because nowadays everybody looks at me like, you had no hair. <laughs> Who's Mr. Clean, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's good. Exactly. Well, our next guest definitely knows you as well, too. Yeah, he, and he remembers when we oh, we both had hair. Right. <laughs> And you both had good hips and knees and everything, right? Yeah, we weren't we weren't made of metal. So we joke about this a lot that you know, hey, we're fortunate enough to have you know two quarterbacks, and I and I get lambasted by both of these guys, QB one, QB two, and like I said, hey, we have a two quarterback system here. Okay, that's it. But I'm not sure who the runner is and who the passer is. B, B you know he's backpedaling. You know he is. <laughs> Steve Berline joins us now, along with Jay Schrader, both quarterbacks in the house of the TC Martin Show. What's up, Berline? Oh, don't tell me. Don't Uh-oh. tell me. That great introduction we went to waste. Went to- are you kidding me? B, where are you at? Hold on. Hold on. Where is he? You know, where is he at? I think he threw down he's the phone. Probably, he's he, probably laughing, too. You know oh, I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm here. I apologize, man. Uh, Can man, you hear don't, me? Don't make me do that fantastic introduction all over again. So just uh, I'm going to cue you down, and, and we're going to edit that. All right? Three, yeah, I, two, one. Hit it. That's your turn. Okay, <laughs> yes. my turn. Okay. Burline. Steve Burline, ladies I and was, gentlemen. Both quarterbacks. I, I was, I, thank you. Thank you. Now, I was so fired up coming off that introduction, but I had you guys on mute. I just forgot I had it on mute. So that was the problem. That's a little bit of the head trauma that we've yeah. had. You didn't mention that. But the one thing that I, I do know, number one, well, there's actually two things. One, uh, if Jay is saying that I'm the runner of the two of us, well, that's the first time that I've ever been deferred to as the runner uh, because that was definitely not part of my uh, overall portfolio of skills. So uh, that that's one. And secondly, don't put me in the category of the hair issues that you guys have. I got a, I got a full head of hair. He I does. Got, you do. I, he does. I, you do. I, yeah. I got no issues with the hair. So, uh that separates me from you two right there. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I thought he went to mute when he found out that Marco D'Angelo was joining us here. So, yeah. Mar- Mar- Mark, you, you, are you okay? You okay, Mark? I'm all right. You know, when you said both were going to be on the show today, I was a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if Steve was in town. Yeah, Steve might be coming after uh, you. Yeah. There yeah, it you, is. you got the two bodyguards. Here. Hey, okay. Steve was just here. Okay, Steve was just here and went to our favorite spot. Uh, Blue Ribbon, so give me the review. The chicken wings as good as as always? As good as ever, man. I was I was pumping it up to people walking by, too. There were people <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. And I said, get your butt over here and try some of this chicken. And uh, I, I converted some people big time without a doubt. So, uh, yeah, I, I had a good time. Did you go? Yeah. Did, did you go more than one bucket? Did you get one to go like you did no. last time? Or what did you do? No, I, I did not, no. And uh, in my... Experience. I'm now making better decisions with the, my chicken, um, <laughs> yes, you know, take. chicken yeah. indulgence. Uh, 
So I, I, I actually had one piece left over, which I gave to the people sitting next to me because they were so curious about it. So <laughs> there it is. I said, you can have there you go. my final piece of chicken because I don't need it. Okay, so <laughs> here's the question I got for you guys. Now, Marco and I dined there, what was it, uh, two, uh, two weeks ago. Okay, had, had the chicken. And uh, who we, uh, we brought Mike Tice there, right? You, the, pun- yeah, you, yeah. you punished him. Yeah, you I, pun- you I punished Tice because Tice, lo- <laughs> Tice lost a food bet, right? Oh, okay. He lost a food bet to both of us, right? And then so, yeah, we went with the, we, uh, the double order of, of the chicken. And then, but then Tice did it to himself because would he would he go with the bone marrow? He went with oysters, oh. and then he went with the fried chicken dinner on top of it and some high end cocktails and some high end <laughs> cocktails, right? So when the bill came and, and, then, said, and then he was right, go ahead. Yeah, then he's complaining about the bill, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah four ninety one. I said, wait a minute. I go, Marco and I split. You know, we 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 we, we split the we, no no we split a steak. Oh, we want okay, the, the okay. sixteen ounce sliced. Yeah. There was no victory formation out of TC at the end yeah. of the game. He, he ordered the dessert. I said, no, I'm yeah. good. He said, oh, no, you got to try this. But here's the question. What we really no, no, no. Here's the, no, no. i got to finish this. Here's the thing. Jeez. Forget the football. This is about the chicken. So we were having this discussion, and I need to know where you guys stand on this. All right? You've all, we've all had the chicken at Blue Ribbon. But they give you the order of, of half drums and half flats. I have gone over the last, I don't know, six, seven trips of going all drums. Steve, I'm going to start with you. Are you a flats guy, a drum guy, combo guy? I, I, I'll tell you, I, I, if I could have no drums, I would be the happiest man on the planet. I, I, really? I like the flats. I, I go flats. all You're flats. Flat. Yes. Flats, baby. Flats. flats. Really? Flats. You're an oddball. You're, you're weird. You don't like the plump, juicy, no, you know? No. Yeah. Drumsticks all the way. What did you yeah. say, Numchuck? Drumsticks all the way. See, there you go. See, no wonder the See? two of you hang out. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yeah, well, and I think what the theory here or the theme is that athletes go with the flats. Wow. There you go. There wow. you go. That's the way it goes. Well, all right. I, I, would just, Eli, I wouldn't be there. Hey, hey Steve, <laughs> Steve, we got to tell the people because I've been telling the Here people we all week and they don't, they don't believe me. So <laughs> we're back in training camp, right? And we got one yes. Mr. Coach Shanahan coaching us. <laughs> Who's snapping us the ball? <laughs> Who remember? was snapping us the ball? My yeah, goodness. Remember, remember that kid that was that running around snapping us the practice. ball? Practice. That practice? That little the kid. kid? Who, who, yeah. Let me ask you this, Steve. Who oh, is yeah, the ball Kyle, boy? Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. ball boy. The ball boy. Kyle, yeah, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Yeah. 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 How about that? Without a doubt, yeah. He was probably, what, six years old at the time or something? Oh, my gosh. Six or seven years old? He was young. Yeah, maybe maybe nine. I don't know. But he's, uh, yeah, I remember, I tell everybody, he was our ball boy that, He was that our first ball boy. Year. Yeah. Are you guys trying yeah. to tell me uh, nepotism at its finest there? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I'll tell you what. Uh, no, the thing was, though, he was, he was unique in this regard because he knew everything that was going on on that field. You could tell he was a coach's kid. Hmm. I mean, he knew where everything was. I don't think he was ever late to a drill. I think he was there. On, was he, Steve? I mean, no, he was always he was always there before. I mean, he was he me? was dialed in. Well, let me ask you: kid, Was, it, was this kid ever in school? That's what I want to know. Oh yeah, on the football training field. Camp, <laughs> yeah, it's he was training camp but on the board, yeah, obviously. Man. But yeah, yeah. No, he was. I mean, you could see it early on, and you know, it's funny because we all see him now. But looking back on it, it was like. He was at home on the football field, and he knew where he needed to be. And uh, 
what time to be there. It was amazing. But don't we always talk? At least yeah. I talk about this, like the second generation athletes, and then we see it in in coaches as yeah. as well too. I don't know if it's translated as well in the coaching ranks that the 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 son or the kid has, you know has had success. But we've definitely seen that from from an athletic standpoint. No matter the sport, Patrick Mahomes and you know his dad. Kobe Bryant, obviously, we talk about that. Uh, you know, so many second-generation athletes seem to be more mature. They get it because they are around that professional atmosphere at a very young age. Yeah, and it all depends on the kid, too, mm-hmm. okay, and, and what they want to do. Uh, you know, some go into coaching and all that. But it is true because a lot of times they watch to see what you do as an athlete, and they start imitating you. and. Look, we all know that training techniques, food, everything else is better now than back when we played. You guys talk about, you know, sports IQ. You know, he's got a high football IQ. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's no better classroom than than, yeah. than watching mean, a very successful I mean, father. Kyle's been on the football field uh, yeah. since he was, you know, seven or eight years old. Right. <laughs> so let me ask you, what is your take, both of you guys, start with you, Steve, regarding Kyle Shanahan as a coach and the job he's done with the Niners? Well, I think it's it's uh, it's fantastic. You just look at the the body of work and how how well he's done everywhere he's been. Um, I think, like everything else, there was a, a there's a growing process. I remember when I retired back after the 2003 season, uh, Mike Shanahan invited me uh, to the Redskins training camp uh, because he was at he was trying to get me to come and coach for him and. Uh, Kyle was on that staff along with Matt LaFleur. Um, I think uh, Sean McVay was there as well. Those guys were all on Mike Shanahan's staff at the same time, if you can believe that. But yeah. uh, Kyle was the offensive coordinator, and at that time he was still kind of cutting his teeth. And uh, I was I have seen so much growth in terms of just his emotional control because Kyle is a very, very competitive guy. And Back in those days, he had a little bit of trouble uh, when when things were not going the way that he wanted them to, or if a player wasn't getting a concept, or uh, if a, a guy made a bad decision on his read. Uh, he he couldn't keep that kind of stoic, level-headed. He would kind of blurt out, like you know, emotionally, uh, like you know, what the blank was that, you know, and and uh, I, what I see now on the sideline, and when I see him in his interviews, and I see. Uh, the way that he just conducts himself in general all the time. He's always in complete control. So I think that emotional maturity uh, is really where I've noticed a difference. I've always felt that he was an incredible offensive mind. And Mike Shanahan, uh, his his comments to me when Kyle was just really just getting started was that this guy's going to be a better football coach than me. He knows more football right now than I, I have ever known in my life. So uh, that's high praise from one of the best offensive minds I've ever been around. Jay, is he? You, do you consider him a good leader of men? I do. And, and what I, do you think of the job he's done? I, I I agree with Steve wholeheartedly. Because there's a lot of talent there on the San Francisco team. And, oh, no and he, and he yeah, doesn't probably still... get a lot of, of the credit. And, yeah. and I, I guess why, that's but what I, I'm asking. Should he or should he not? I think he should because, because of what Steve just explained. His maturity as a coach and the way he's been able to keep a level head to keep those guys going in the right direction, mm-hmm. that takes a lot. Yeah. It really does. You've got, you've got seven guys that we can name that got huge egos on that team. Okay, and that are that should because they're dynamic football players, right? And 
in order to keep those together, Kyle's had to learn how to keep himself together. And that's really what it's been about. All right, so the big topic I really want to hit you guys with, our quarterbacks, we know about Patrick Mahomes. We know the story about Brock Purdy. But this game is virtually a pick and you've got talent on both sides of the ball. The Chiefs' defense is much better than, it, than it's been. And we know what the Niners have got going, but it's Brock Purdy. What are we going to see from Brock Purdy? And we've seen Mahomes lead his team over Buffalo as an underdog. Now they, they beat Baltimore as an underdog, and they're an underdog here again against this 49ers team. And Purdy has not looked that good in the two playoff games at home against lower-seeded teams here. Steve, I want to start with you. How much are you concerned about Brock Purdy against this Chiefs defense that is definitely as good as advertised? Well, that, that's all, the only concern is uh, the fact that he's never been on this stage before. And, you know, you're, you're right. He has struggled in the two playoff games. But what he has also done in both of those games is click it into high gear when he needs to. He, he, he has the ability – to turn it up and focus and get the job done when he absolutely has to step up and, and do it. Instead of melting, and Jay and I can give you a bunch of examples of guys over the years that when, when it gets a little bit hot in that kitchen, they start to melt. And uh, there, there's plenty more of those guys than there are guys that can stand up in the pocket, stand up for that heat, and get the job done when they absolutely have to. So he's showing that. And I, I'm not comparing him. Now, just, just make sure this, is, this comes across right. I'm not comparing Brock Purdy to Joe Montana. But what I do see is a lot of similarities in style to Joe Montana. The way that he moves, the way that he gets the job done, the way that he throws the ball uh, you know, on the move and, and he buys that extra time in the pocket and he can beat you with his feet if he needs to. But it's just kind of an effortless thing and the most important quality I think that I see similarity in Joe Montana with him is, is the cool the calmness, the, the, the confidence and the composure under the most stressful situations that he comes across or comes up in, uh, he seems to be very comfortable in those environments. And that is not a quality that you can coach. You either have it or you don't. But this is going to be a different animal because Jay will probably confirm this. Steve Spagnuolo is a very aggressive defensive coach. Yep. And he wants to bring pressure in, especially – if he's going up against a quarterback with less than five years' experience, he is going to try to bring everything possible to confuse and create doubt in Brock Purdy's mind so he doesn't know where to go with the football and hopefully bait him into making a bad decision uh, with the football at a key point in the ball game. So I think that's going to be the deciding factor. If, if Brock Purdy can protect the football uh, at the key moments of the ball game, uh, I think the 49ers have a chance to win this game. My heart says, go with the 49ers, but my head says do not ever bet again against Patrick Mahomes in a big game. So, you and me both, uh, I'm going with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But on the go flip ahead, side Jay. of that, on the flip side of that, talking about Kyle Shanahan, I will be very surprised if Brock Purdy drops straight back. I think they're going to bootleg, they're going to move the pocket, because that allows him just to read half the field and take away some of that pressure that speaks. Have we to. seen that, though, from him in this Niners offense? I, a little I, bit, but have you the last two weeks? No. That's See? A, that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm saying. saying. Yeah. That's what I'm that's, saying. That's it's, a concern. Now, now is the time. No, and that's why I bring Kyle. Kyle's smart enough to know he can't drop. 
Brock. Well, the other thing I think you're going to you're, you're going to see more of in this game. I think I guarantee you over the course of these two weeks, getting ready for this game, and you saw it in that last game uh, in the NFC Championship against Detroit when when Brock Purdy gets into his progression. If he gets he, he gets back, takes one hitch, two hitches. If he doesn't see anything. He's going to tuck it and run because that, that Kansas City defense is going to be playing a lot of man-to-man coverage. Yep. And when they're playing man-to-man coverage, there is nobody that's got the quarterback man-to-man. And a good athlete like Brock Purdy, uh, when he decides to tuck it and run uh, against man-to-man coverage, that's a big weapon. And I think that they're going to be really working on that this week because the worst thing they can do, and we saw it happen with Lamar Jackson last week, is if you hold the football back there too long, uh, that's what they're hoping you do. Hold the ball, hold the ball, and then all of a sudden the ball's on the ground somewhere. Uh, so I think Purdy's going to get back, get set. If he doesn't like what he sees, he's going to be tucking it and running it more than he normally does. All right, Steve, let's get your prediction, man. Have you uh, have had some time now? Have you settled on it? What do you got? You know, I hate it. I hate the fact that, that I'm going to go this route because my heart, like I said, I want to go with Kyle Shanahan and the, and the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And I do believe it really is a pick em type of game. So you could go either way. But in this situation with the experience factor and Patrick Mahomes and his greatness, I've got to go with the Kansas City Chiefs in a great football game, very close at the end. I like it. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game. It's tough to beat. It's hard to go <laughs> against them. It really is. It really is. As much as I love the, the talent and Let, both sides of the ball, the right. it's tough. I went against them uh, against Buffalo. I went against them against Baltimore. You and me both. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. All yeah. of us. I mean, I, the better team I thought was going to win mm-hmm. with, you know, established MVP level quarterback. And uh, Mahomes still found a way to get it done when he had to. So um, I just think it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to go against him without a doubt. All right, my friend. I know that uh, you were here uh, earlier in the week, and with the uh, NFL Monday quarterback, so you've you got uh, got your Vegas on. And what are your plans uh, for watching the game on Sunday? You know, I, I don't even have them finalized yet. Um, okay. I'm uh, I'm gonna just kind of see where the wind blows me. There you uh, go. There you go. <laughs> Both yeah. of our quarterbacks uh, want the com- the comfort of home they, and to get out of the co- chaos. That's it. I get out it. of the chaos and yeah. the comfort of the home. There you go. I like it. I like no it. Doubt. All right, my last man. Place uh, I want to be last place I want to be on Sunday and in the aftermath is right in the middle of all that, especially <laughs> in Vegas. As much as I love Vegas, I don't want to be any part of that uh, Sunday. And then Monday morning, trying to get home. That's it. All right, you come. You come back a week after. It's all good, man. There you go. Let it die down a little bit. All right, brother. Appreciate the the time as always. Uh, looking forward. And then you guys will be doing a show on Monday, right? On CBS Sports Network. No, we're done. You guys are done. So you guys wrapped it up in front of the fountains over here on Monday, huh? We did. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Sir. All right, my man. There you go. So your off season begins. There you go. There you go. Get, get ready for the golf course. <laughs> Priority number one. There you go. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Take care. All right, guys. Take care. We'll see you. All right. Steve Berline, our quarterback. One, one A. How's that? Coupled entry. Can't choose one over the other, and I won't. Won't do it. Backtrack it. Backtrack it. What do you want me to do? Huh? Huh? Hey, man, stand up. Stand up? Make a call. <laughs> you guys, Make a call. You guys are dead even. What are you talking about, huh? Make a call. Who would win the punt pass a kick contest? Either one of you guys or Andy Reid. <laughs> <laughs>
There you go. Good old Andy Reid. There you go. See that old video of Andy? Oh, yeah. You know, we're with the number 34 of the old Rams helmet. <laughs> yeah. See, we all did the pump pass and kick back in the day, right? Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yep. Yeah. But you were yeah. the skinny little kid there. No, I was like I was like Andy growing yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> I looked like Andy growing up. All right. We come back. We got more for you. Rashad Jennings is going to join us, the former Raider, the former Giant, and my man, Stitch Durant. Look at this. My, my hands are already wrapped. I mean, he already came in here during that interview. He's wrapping my hands already. Ready to go. Hoo, hoo, Jeff, stick to the mic. Time. We got that going right here. Mandalay Bay, Super Bowl 58 Radio Row, T.C. Martin Show, live.